by the power of Ray That's a big twinkie. Welcome, everybody, to the other episode of the Serial Box Prize Podcast. The podcast that serves you three scoops of pop culture. I'm your host, Steve Garcia, and I got my spooky co-host, Andrew Smeltzer. What's happening? What's going on, Aaron? How is everything going with you over there? With my spooky. I saw like the freaking uh, Sesame Street. Uh, what's his name? The the Count. <laughs> yeah, I saw it sounding right now. I sounded like the Count right now. <laughs> oh man! So obviously, everybody, this is our Halloween episode because obviously it's Halloween and. We're getting into the Halloween spirit with all types of spooky stuff. Um, but besides Halloween, um, Aaron, uh, how is your week going, man? It's going all right. I, uh, I, got a, I got a few deals off of eBay that, um, that uh, you know, completed a few parts of my collection. I got the uh, Red Battlezord head to um, complete my Red Battlezord from Power Ranger Zeo. Um, that was, uh, for some reason that, that little piece was just elusive. I mean, you can find the complete ones, but for whatever reason, nobody was just selling the head. I probably had that saved in my searches for, I don't know, six or seven months and it finally popped up. And then, um, I got that, uh, Krang variant that I sent you the picture of, uh, for the, uh, for the, uh, Android body Krang, the 12, uh, the 12 inch one. So that was that was good, and then I just snagged a little um, Brave Star poster, uh, promotional Brave Star poster uh, last night off of uh, eBay because uh, that's uh, my new um, my new goal collection since it's a small collection. Even though it's a bit pricey, um, I, I'm gonna start going for the uh, Brave Star collection. Nice man, nice. So where do you find that poster from? Um, it was off of eBay, it, but it was kind of, it was kind of cool because it was a promotional item um, from Filmation, and it um, it was uh, it said coming I think it said coming September 1987 or something like that. So basically, it was like promoting the um, the uh, the TV show, and so I'm guessing it was a promotional item that was sent out to you know, people for displays, maybe in comic shops or, you know, um, maybe somebody to put up at a, at a mall or something, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, I just thought it was cool because it was kind of like a, a little promo poster that, you know, you don't really see too often um, because, you know, a lot of that paper and cardboard stuff, as we know, didn't last very well over the, over the last 30 years. That is awesome, man. Man, so you're going down the Brave Star rabbit hole right now, huh? Yeah, I got um, I got two from Dave a couple weeks ago, and um, I got some parts and pieces, and have been completing those. And then I found another one at the yard sale, and I was like, you know what? It's a small enough set that I think I can complete it um with uh, general ease, with the exception of maybe 
one or two pieces and um you know like the horse the there's a horse his name's 3030 and i guess that thing is just fragile as hell so you find them a lot of times they're you know the tail's broken or the legs broken or whatever but um i think that's going to be the hardest piece to find but it, it there's only like i want to say like 11 figures if that so it's a really small line and then there's one big play set and a couple vehicles. So um, I think it's going to be a nice, it's a nice goal to have because it's a smaller set. It's not like collecting, you know, GI Joes where there's, you know, freaking a thousand of them. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I needed to set a new goal for something. So that's awesome. Yeah, man. I feel like as, as collectors, we got to set goals to ourselves like, all right, I just finished this line. What else am I going to collect? And I know like last episode we talked about uh, retro video games, um, you know, going on that rabbit hole and collecting. But, yeah, that's that's how it is being a collector. It's like, OK, I just finished vintage TMT from like, let's say, 88 to like 91. That's all I want to collect. Now, what am I going to finish? And it's like a never ending cycle of just trying to complete lines and toys and figures it, it will never end man yeah i think for me I, I right now it's like you know i might have a few like you know odds and ends saved in my you know ebay search history like one of the ones is like the ecto glow ray because that's the last one that i need for my ecto glow set you know so like if that one pops up i'll snag that one if it's loose because i can't afford the mint on card ones <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, but, you know, I think it's it's it's, um, you know, I have I have some few odds and ends of pieces that I'd like to complete a couple collections. But like I think like most of my collections right now are at a decent place where I'm not searching for, you know, a bulk of a collection. No. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want to take a second mortgage out of your house just to get Ecto Glow Ray. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I don't. I, I'm not spending three hundred and fifty dollars or four hundred dollars on a on a sealed figure. I'll I'll wait for a loose a Lucy to pop up for you know forty or fifty and snag that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I haven't really done uh much uh much hunting. I mean, I, I went to the flea market uh for for the last time of the season. Uh, I ended up getting a Terminator two. 1991 92 uh arnold and and i bought it off dave our local toy uh vendor at the flea market uh for like a buck and it was cool because it was a terminator that i had as a kid and as soon as i saw it you know how it is when you find that toy that you had as a kid i was just like oh my god it's arnie i'm like i had this when i was a kid so i snagged that right away ended up picking up picking up that which was freaking awesome man that i got to find that uh got a, a a turtle figure uh not in major you know just one of those like firefighter hoes like donatello um uh, you know nothing big um picked up uh a wii game and then also you ended up selling me uh a wii system for 40 bucks man and let me just say thank you for that aaron appreciated that um and yeah, so I ended up modding uh, the Wii. So there's this thing called Homebrew. It's called the Homebrew Channel. And what happens is when you mod your Wii, uh, once it's modded, uh, this channel pops up and it just pops up of all these emulators. 
from Sega Genesis all the way from Atari to Commodore to Neo Geo to all the Game Boy Advances. And now it's just a process of, you know, getting this SD card, filling up all these ROMs with the cover art and passing everything over. And hopefully Nintendo isn't listening to this right now because I just heard that uh, these two gentlemen called Target Executioners or something, they just got arrested for um, selling USB sticks for the Nintendo Switch with pirated games. So Nintendo's staying on top of all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's common knowledge now that, uh, you know, I think in the past couple months, like you said, that somebody was able to hack the Wii finally after all these years. And, you know, a lot of people are doing that now. Um, You know, I think Nintendo, if you're trying to sell something um, that, you know, Nintendo um, is it's going to hurt Nintendo's sales, that's when they're going to go after you. You know, I think a lot of people over time have tried to take on Nintendo, and I'm pretty sure each and every one of them have. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I mean, how can you go against a big conglomerate company, you know, from Japan? And I think the main headquarters is in Seattle. Like, those guys have their own lawyers from head to toe. As a matter of fact, one of their lawyers ended up up being the uh, inspiration for Kirby. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they they, uh, they honored him by uh, you know making him into his own lovable character. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I think it's you know when when you start releasing software or you know even a USB drive that you know that now you can play pirated games or you know that's taking money out of Nintendo's pocket. You know, I mean, with with like emulators and stuff, Nintendo has known that these emulators have existed for years. Um, you know, the whole purpose of that was to kind of save the software, you know, God forbid, you know, there was a mass destruction of cartridges and whatever, you know, and it was almost like a backup. And the thing with emulators is technically, if you own the cartridge, you can own the emulator because it's almost like owning a CD. Like when you own a CD, you can, you can burn that CD onto your computer and, you know, listen to it on the computer as well as own the CD because you bought the CD. So that was the whole purpose of emulators when they first came out. But as we know, you know, over, you know, over the past 20 years or so, you know, I remember being in high school, getting burned discs of just emulators and playing all my favorite, you know, uh, you know, Nintendo games on the computers in lab class or whatever. <laughs> you know? uh, and and I, people have taken advantage of it, but. I think technically you can own them for 24 hours. So, Steve, just make sure when you're playing it, you're deleting the emulator after 24 hours each time you play. Yeah, yeah, definitely going to do that because uh, the, the, I don't want to get that. Yeah, uh, this is Nintendo at your door. No, you know, so that would not be good. It's just there's just some Nintendo rep there dressed like Mario about to hit me with a mushroom over my head. <laughs> he's gonna put a plunger where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> yeah oh my god that would not be good man but yeah man yeah not not much on the toy world but we all know that we're into the halloween season so i've been watching just a ton of horror movies you know just getting into the halloween spirit um went on netflix uh watched the first poltergeist which man did i forget how good that first Poltergeist movie is. And 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 you know what I did not know? I forgot that it was directed by Toby Hooper. Um, Aaron, do you know who Toby Hooper is and what other movie he directed? 
No, I'm 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 not a big uh, director follower. <laughs> if, if that's right. Right, right, right. No, no. So yeah, so uh, uh, Toby Hooper he directed uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Um. So it's weird that um. So Steven Spielberg wrote Poltergeist, and from the information that I looked up online after I watched the movie, I guess like nobody really knows who directed what scene in the movie because I guess even though Spielberg wrote uh or co-wrote most of the film. And Toby Hooper directed it. I guess he was on set all the time, still directing parts. And it's funny because when I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh, that looks like a Spielberg scene. Oh, wait a minute. That looks like a Hooper scene. So it's 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 funny when you watch the movie, how you can tell, like, you know, what scenes were directed by Spielberg, because you you can kind of feel like a Spielberg film, you know, because Spielberg has like that 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 feel i don't know how to explain it man like you just yeah. know when you're watching like a spielberg film or like a spielberg scene but yeah so watching tons of halloween stuff uh so yeah watch poltergeist uh i watched this movie called live on netflix about a a korean guy who's living in his in his apartment and he wakes up one day and he's like i think he's like on the eighth or ninth floor and when he looks out the window everybody's a zombie everybody is a zombie and uh, I don't want to give it away, you know, uh, but here's some spoilers real quick for those listening. If you don't want to listen to this, just, you know, wait up, fast forward or whatever into the podcast. But, but yeah, he's living on the ninth floor. He calls his parents. Uh, he gets a voicemail from his mom and dad saying, don't leave the apartment, stay in the apartment. Uh, he goes like six days in the apartment and then he gets another voicemail and the mom's telling him oh i hope you packed for like 60 days of food now he looks in his fridge and he has no food of course um so yeah so then he finds out his parents are dead and now it's just him versus the undead but then right across the way to another building this is other um korean girl and, and they end up you know like sharing information they team up they fight this it, it's it's just an incredible movie man it's called alive if you guys have not seen it check it out on netflix so yeah man just been doing all the halloween horror stuff man like i love this month love ho- halloween man the only thing that sucks erin is that man i cannot wear my ghostbusters costume and i cannot rock my sweet proton pack this year man <laughs> well why not i mean you could you could wear it whenever you want right yeah, yeah, I, I could, man, but, like, there's something about, like, you know, like, Salem Mass for Halloween being open and, like, certain, like, festivals being open for Halloween, you know, and just wearing the costume and, you True. know, just making people smile with it, man. Now, you know, I went online and, like, Salem Mass isn't having any Halloween stuff because of COVID and Canopy Lake Park isn't doing their Halloween thing. So, you know, this year for Halloween, man, like, I'm going to have to just – uh dust off the old pack and have it in the corner for next year man but it's okay it's okay next year will be good so i was about to say you can you know you can just wear it around the house (laughs) 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 it's not not the same but you know you could just be like hey what's going on you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could just knock on my neighbor's door and be like hey somebody said they had a paranormal uh event here i'm here to investigate for you you know make up make up your own fun oh man that is that is sweet man but yeah man so yeah that's what that's what's been going on with me lately and and just work man so just trying to get into the halloween spirit and uh 
Have you seen the trailer for that Adam Sandler movie, Who Be Halloween, on Netflix? Yeah, I have. And and funny story about that. It was actually filmed or par- parts of it were filmed in my wife's hometown of uh, Marblehead, Massachusetts. He films a lot of um, a lot of films. Uh, I think he filmed uh, Grown Ups, parts of part of Grown Ups one and two there um, and a couple of his other films. He, he likes that locale. So I feel like, um, you know, every time Adam Sandler has a new movie, he's always filming somewhere in Marblehead. So uh, my wife was telling me that she watched it. I had I had more did um and um she said that um she recognized a lot of the locales in the uh in the movie and she actually drove by the house during uh the haunted house during the the shooting of the movie oh that's awesome yeah isn't isn't adam sandler from from new hampshire originally if i'm not Uh, mistaken from new england I, i don't know if he's from new hampshire or mass but he's from he's definitely local from the area so he always tries to like film you know locally up here yeah that's cool man you know it's funny i i've been seeing some reviews about that film i haven't seen it yet but uh it's not getting good reviews man and uh, um i haven't seen uncut gems uh, i don't know if you heard about that film with adam sandler yeah didn't he win like an sp on that or something or like yeah there, there was some i remember a couple whenever it came out there was there was some talk that it was you know really it was a really good movie in regards to like the sports world yeah so he won an award for that and um people were like wow a comedian won an award you know for a dramatic role and it's adam sandler but then in my mind i'm like you know he's not the first comedian that's done dramatic roles like Jamie Foxx has won a bunch of stuff. Uh, a ton of other comedians have done dramatic roles. Um, but you know, it's 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 out of the norm from Adam Sandler because we all know Adam Sandler from like The Water Boy, uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. You know, like all th- that like funny, um, over the top with his uh, his characters. You know, the same people are always in his film. Um, but yeah, so like Uncut Gems won an award, and Hoobie Halloween got a got a bad uh bad rating from people and i don't know what it is with like adam seller now he's been doing i think this is his second or third film direct on netflix um i i i think i think right now adam seller is just trying to stay relevant you know so that like he nobody forgets his name which is cool you know i heard it was a few funny parts in it um i think the last funny movie that i saw with adam seller was um uh grown-ups and grown-ups 2 yeah yeah, that was hilarious. I really like Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2. Shaquille O'Neal in Part 2 was hilarious, man. Um, so, yeah, I think those two films were, were pretty were pretty good, man. But, yeah, haven't seen it yet. I, I'm still going to check it out. You know, we are in the Halloween season, so definitely going to check that one out. Yeah, my wife, like I said, my wife watched it. She wasn't – she told me she wasn't impressed by it, um, you know, but I guess one of the kind of cool caveats – um, at the end of the movie, and this isn't a spoiler, he, uh, Adam Sandler dedicated the um, the movie Hubie Halloween to Cameron Boyce, who played in Grown Ups 1 and 2 and passed away. He was um, one of the stars of Descendants on the Disney Channel, um, and he passed away, I want to say last year. Um, just kind of, um, out of, uh, out of the, out of the blue. Um, I guess he had a, a pre-existing medical condition and, um, passed away at a very young age. So it was kind of nice of, um, Adam Sandler to dedicate that movie to him. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's, that's, that is awesome, man. Good for Adam Sandler, man. And, uh, you know, that's cool, man. So yeah, for those listening, man, if you want to check out Hoobie Halloween, 
check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, you know, yeah, it's 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 nothing good, but if you're in the Halloween spirit and you want to catch something that's new and part of the Halloween season, then check that out. But uh, man, we got we got some stuff to talk about here, Aaron. Uh, and you know, the internet was going crazy as usual, the toy collectors, because uh, Hasbro PulseCon just happened and they revealed a ton of stuff. Now, I was working the day that Hasbro PulseCon was going on, so I had to go back and you know rewatch the stuff. And uh, a couple of the toy websites that I follow posted up some of the stuff, man. But um, so yeah, man. So let's talk about some of the things, man, because. Aaron, I know you've been collecting the G.I. Joe line, right? Yeah. Now, did you see what Hasbro released uh, for the G.I. Joe line? Yeah, the uh, Supreme Cobra Commander, uh, the Snake Supreme Cobra Commander figure. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, how do you feel about it, man? I like it. I like it. I mean, it's it's definitely got that regal look of of the the cobra commander that we all know and love from the cartoons you know i i think that you know the the original cobra commander that they released um with just the second wave is, is amazing but i think there's something about like that regal red robe and kind of his scepter and you know all that other stuff like they, they've been killing it with these accessories and you know i i feel like you know the these these classified series man they, they were kind of under the radar for a while. You know, everybody was kind of iffy about them because of the scale. And, you know, you know, we all know that the 12 inch GI Joes kind of went to shit back in the day. And, you know, um, you know, everybody wanted those three and three quarter inch ones. So this scale and the, the detail and everybody was kind of iffy. But, man, these things have taken off like wildfire. I mean, you can't find them in the stores. They're sold out out of shelves. Um, I've been lucky enough to get the ones that I've gotten, but I'm still missing a few. I mean, it is, it is nuts. And this one is one that I'd like to add to the collection, um, at some point. And, um, I, I was not able to snag one during PulseCon. Um, I'm not sure if they're still up, for that, but yeah, they're, um, I like it. I, I think they did a really good job. And I think Hasbro is, is putting a lot of detail into these figures. And I, I think the fans are really starting to appreciate kind of the, the detail and the love that they're getting with um, GI Joe finally. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree, man. Like, um, so I haven't, I haven't really got any of the GI Joe stuff. Uh, the previous stuff that's, that's come out like the Baroness, um, uh, well, there was a Cobra commander that came out and what else came out, Aaron? I know there was the Baroness, the Cobra commander. Um, yes. The first wave um, was Duke, Scarlet, Snake Eyes. Yep. Um, there was five of them, and um, I can't remember the I can't remember the other two. Yeah. And then the, I'm trying to remember. Second, the second wave, six and seven, was Gung Ho and Cobra Commander, and then there was three Target exclusives: um, Beachhead. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy and the Cobra Trooper. And then the Baroness was number 11. So, so far there's been 11. I want to, I want to say, and I think Cobra, this Cobra commander will be 12. There was also a San Diego comic-con exclusive snake eyes, which had a bunch of other accessories and a little stand or something. And I think that was number zero zero. So I think there's, there's 13 of them now. Wow, I didn't even know there was that many out right now. Yeah, yeah. So the first wave was five, 
and then six and seven, and then the three target or the four target exclusives if you do the Baroness, and then kind of the two online ones. Oh, I forgot Pimp Daddy Destro too. That was a GameStop exclusive that Destro has like cheetah print, and oh, that was one in the Wave One Destro. Um, and um, yeah, he's got like this cheetah print and this like I don't know. They call him Pimp Daddy Destro, or it was supposed to be like. Gun, gun runner Destro or something like that, but the, the internet went nuts because he's he just looks with this cheetah print. He kind of looks like a pimp. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, and and speaking of GI Joe for the Hasbro PulseCon, like I noticed that um, what I really loved was the Zartan and the Cobra Infantry uh trooper. Yeah. Man, did you see the Zartan and Cobra Infantry Trooper? I did. I did. You know me, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of Zartan. That's like one of my favorite figures. So. That's going to be one to pick up in the future. So the the Cobra Trooper, that was one of the um, Target exclusives that everybody was going after because, you know, you got to have like, you know, 100 Cobra Troopers to like build up your army, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, because, you know, one Cobra Commander and like 20 Cobra Troopers, and that's what people want. They want these bulk Cobra Troopers. Well, the, the ones at Target, man, I mean, it was nuts. I was lucky. I mean, I was really lucky enough to find one in the wild right at the beginning when they first came out. Then I went to another target a couple weeks later and I was lucky enough to pick up two more. So I have three. Um, but those things are going stupid on eBay right now because I guess they're changing the colors or they're, or, or the, the one that was released in the, the target exclusive that was already released is like the, lieutenant i guess it's got some armband on it that that it's it's like a, a rank insignia and the ones that are going to be released not the target exclusives the just the regular run-of-the-mill ones are not going to have that insignia so the price of the ones that that, that were released at target they're going for like 120 dollars now on ebay jesus christ man wow man i <laughs> i said it before and i'll say it again Man, I love being a toy collector. <laughs> I love being a toy collector when I can get them for retail. I don't, you know, so I was lucky enough to grab three of those and the retail's $20. So, you know, I turned, you know, my collection, you know, right now over a, a, a toy that was released in 2020, a $60, you know, investment right now is going for $360. That is insane, man. This is, this is this is the world we're living in, man. This is the world we are living in where toys, you know, it'll go from $20 to, Hey, I'll buy you a mansion, <laughs> you know, but I did love the retro classic series. Um, did you check those out? It was the, uh, the three and quarter inch, uh, line. It was Scarlet, Destro and Roblox. Yeah. I, I, line. Yeah. I, I like those a lot. I was, the only one I've been able to find in the wild uh, so far was Snake Eyes. Um, I found that at a Walmart a couple weeks ago, and um, I'd like to get a Baroness, and I'd like to get a Zartan. I, I think they released Zartan, at least. I know the Baroness yeah. is out. Yeah, Zartan uh, is released. I'm on their site right now. I can see him. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah, so, you know, the, I think those the, the those lines are, are cool, too, because, I mean – you know, I mean, any any re-release of the originals are awesome. You know, I mean, it, like they brought back the Hiss Tank and they brought back the, I think it was the Awe Striker, um, 
you know, the good guy vehicle and the bad guy vehicle. So, you know, at least you have some sort of playability there. You know, if uh, maybe you're introducing your son or daughter into, um, you know, GI Joe. And um, I just, I just say good luck to finding them right now. Cause it's just, everybody's after them. Yeah. Yeah, man. Everybody, everybody wants those Joes, man. But I, I, I really do feel like you said, Hasbro's doing a, a great job with the GI Joe line and, you know, all the G.I. Joe fans and collectors. Um, at first, I remember when the when the classified series came out, G.I. Joe collectors were upset. Like, oh, you know, we want the original 3.75 inch scale. Like, we don't want these classified things. You guys are ruining the G.I. Joe line. And then, like, it was a week of that online to, man, these things are the best. Look at the articulation. So, I mean, we're talking about guys that are, you know, in their 40s. I mean, I'm 38 years old right now, but... You know, guys that grew up with G.I. Joe and what they want. And, and, and we're talking about even toy collectors who probably haven't collected a toy from G.I. Joe in over 30 years. And then now they come back to t- toy collecting. And it, it's it's a weird thing because they're coming back and they're noticing like, hey, how come all these G.I. Joes are off the shelf? How come Target doesn't have more, more Joes? What is going on here? But, you know, it's not 1988, 1989 anymore. So... <laughs> Yeah. We're living in uh we're, we're living in, in in a new world, but I think Hasbro's doing a good job with the uh the Geo Joe line, and I'm glad that all actors go Joe are happy. Um, so yeah, man. So let's get into these uh Power Rangers Lightning Collection. Um, now that, I'm just gonna put this out there. I love Power Rangers growing up. Uh, the martial arts fighting was awesome. Uh, Jason David. Frank, obviously the Green Ranger, was one of my favorites. Uh, Steven Young Bosch, who played the the Black Ranger, one of my other favorites. Uh, he actually did Wushu uh, um, and Kung Fu in real life. Same thing with Jason David Frank. And, you know, I was a martial artist taking Taekwondo at the time. So Power Rangers growing up with that show, it played a big part in my life. As I got older, um, I didn't really collect the line so much. Uh, I do have a Megazord. And a Tiger Zord right now, and I do have Rita, the Rita that can. Um, I'm sorry, not the Rita, but I have the Lord Zed and the Goldar, uh, that came out. And uh, Aaron, I just want to ask you, like, are you a, a big Power Ranger collector? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I've been collecting Power Rangers probably for the past I don't know, at least at least ten years. So funny story about that. I was a big Power Rangers fan when I was a kid huge coming home I, I either recorded it you know because i had practice you know baseball practice or whatever or you know i would run home you know turn, turn on the tv and you know those those afternoon you know tv shows it was you know always always watching power rangers especially when they introduced the green ranger and the dragon zord i was hooked man and my grandma, you know, she would go out and get me the new toys for, you know, I, I remember getting the, the uh, you know, the Megazord and the Tiger Zord and, the, you know, the Dragon Zord. And I had them all. Well, long story short, mom and dad were going through the closets, you know, whatever. Oh, what do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Whatever. And I said, I'll be down because I was about an hour and a half away from them at the time. I said, I'll be down in a little while. I'll pick up, I'll pick up the the Power Ranger stuff. Don't worry, I'll pick up the Power Ranger stuff. Well, I guess they got tired of me saying it because I didn't go down and do it. So <laughs> they had a yard sale and oh. 
It's like, oh, let me come down and, you know, pick it up, you know. And I guess some guy saw it in the garage and was like, oh, I'll give you 50 bucks for the Power Ranger stuff. And mom and dad said, okay, no problem. And I got there about an hour later and I said, hey, where's that Power Ranger stuff? And they go, oh, we sold it to a really nice little boy. Oh, <laughs> no. I tell you, Steve, my stuff was mint in box. I played with it. I put it back in the styrofoam. I put it away. It was mint. I mean, it was mint. Um, long story short, I was able over the past, I don't know, seven years or so, I got all my boxes. I got all my parts. Um, you know, so my, my power Rangers collection, I, I think I, I need one or two more, like just boxes to put, you know, the, the completed figures in, but it's for like the Zio stuff. Like I have all the originals. I have the second wave, the, you know, the dragon Zord or the, what is it? The thunder, thunder Megazord. Yeah. I have the thunder Megazord wave. And then, um, I'm just missing a couple boxes for the Zio wave and, I, and I'm done. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, you know, like, that's awesome, man. It does suck that your parents sold your power in <laughs> like, Oh, man, that's like the worst. It hurts, but, you know, it, it's funny because it's it's almost like a running joke at this point, you know, like I, whenever I talk to my mom and dad, I'm like, God, you know, you sold my Power Rangers collection. And they're like, will you let it go? And I'm like, no, I won't. I won't let it go. <laughs> You know what's funny? Like, they sell it to some little kid, some 12-year-old, right? You find out where that 12-year-old lives, knock on the door like, hey, kid, give me my Power Ranger stuff. Mom, Dad, there's some 36-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> this was mine when I was a kid. I mean, you know, like Andy and his toys he wrote on the bottom of the, you know, I should have wrote my initials on the bottom of the Megazord and been like, this is mine, kid, give me back. I know, right? Oh my God, that's hilarious! No, that's awesome, man. I, I'm I'm on the line right now, the the Hasbro PulseCon uh, internet website, and these figures. You know what, man? Like, I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole. I I need to get some of the Lightning Collection, like the original the original Power Rangers that I used to watch, the original OG, the first series. Um, I think these figures look amazing. The articulation. I'm looking at the putty right now. The putty looks awesome. They just released the Rita and Lorzed marriage. Uh, that's what they're calling online online right now. The married two pack, um, yeah. which you know, in a way, I was like, why couldn't they do that when I ordered Lorzed like five six months ago? You know, now they thought about adding Rita, you know, in a package with him. But you know, it's cool, whatever. But yeah, I'm really liking uh, the Parinus Lightning Collection and. I don't know, Aaron. I think I'm going to have to go down this Power Ranger rabbit hole, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, you know, like we said earlier in the podcast, you got to have goals and you got to set goals. And, you know, I think like, um, you know, for me, that was that was important for me to kind of, you know, recapture that part of my childhood. And, you know, I think Power Rangers, especially, you know, with with us, you know, in our in our mid mid 30s, you know, I think like that that held a special place in our heart. You know, I mean, like that was that was. I don't know. It just, it, it caught your imagination. You had these, these dino zords that could, you know, play, you could play on your own and then you combine them almost like a Voltron type, you know, thing. And, you know, that, I mean, that was, that was our Voltron, you know, that was, that, that it, it, it's just something that you just can't explain. And, 
I mean, what you want to talk about a pop culture phenomenon. I mean, you know, it was like Spaceballs, the toothpaste. It was Power Rangers, the underwear. Power Rangers, the, <laughs> Power Rangers was everywhere. You know, I mean, and um, it, it was it was it was cool. I think you know, I'm pretty sure we were all a Power Ranger for Halloween at some point, or you know, yep. you got sword, or I remember getting Saba. You know, that was the second. You know, when the Green Ranger turned into the White Ranger, and he he got the sword with that tiger head, and it talked. Man, I got that thing. I was whipping that thing around, you know, when I was, when I was probably the uh, – I had to have been a 12 or 13 or something like that. Man, I thought I was cool as shit, you know, whipping that thing around, and you press the button, it starts talking. And, yeah, I mean, uh, Power Rangers will always hold a special uh, uh, space in my heart. That's awesome, man. Uh, did you ever did you ever catch the, uh, the Toys That Made Us Power Rangers episode? Yes, I did. Yeah, I watched that. Man, what's his name? Zuki Levy. Did yeah. he did he go through like that man tried selling that show for years? I didn't know it took him almost nine to ten years to sell the concept of that show. Yeah, it, he was just knocking on Hollywood's door until finally, uh, the lady from Fox Kids uh ended up taking a deal and she believed in it, but. Man, that guy went through nine to ten years of trying to sell that show. And it's funny how, like, for those that haven't seen the, the Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us, there is a Power Rangers episode which gives you the whole breakdown on how the show came to be, the toys. But, you know, Zuki Levy, Saban, uh, which is his company. And by the way, Zuki Levy did a lot of um, of the theme songs that we grew up with. That's something else I didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy, man. So, man, Zuki Levy, man, he's he he was part of every kid's freaking uh, childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, wh- whether you realize it or not, he was definitely a part of uh, of our childhood. Yeah, and, and and you know, I was so gasped when he, he was the one that did the uh, Inspector Gadget theme song. I was like, wow, this guy has done so much for pop culture. And for kids from the 80s and 90s. So definitely check out for those that haven't seen it, the toys that made us on Netflix, man. But yeah, so that was the half roll Pulse Con for Power Rangers Lightning Collection, man. I'm definitely going to get down that rabbit hole. Now, we're going to talk into one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite lines. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters. And yes, we are on, on Halloween. So Hasbro Pulse, they reveal their Ghostbusters Afterlife um, concepts and toys that were coming out. Now, I just want to put this out there. I am a Ghostbuster fan. Love the movies. You know, love the universe. Did not love that ladies movie, but we'll give, I won't even talk about that right now. Um, love the whole universe and stuff. Now, there was this big thing online with Ghostbuster fans where you know, because they were making a big deal. Hasbro, like, hey, we got this big reveal. We got Jason Reitman, Ernie Hudson. Hey, man, we got Eric Wright from Ghost Ghost Core here. Man, we're going to have such a great time. We're going to have the, the, the band playing, you know. So everybody's getting hyped to find a man, Hasbro. What are you going to show us? Like, what is this that you're going to show us? And then it was just like Jason Reitman showing us the Ecto-1. And there was this huge controversy online where it was like, okay, like – Yes, we're going to get the Ghostbusters Afterlife Ecto-1. The Ecto-1 that's on the movie 
that's, you know, kind of like wore down, uh, rusting it, whatever. But I think Ghostbuster fans, they were just expecting, like, I don't know, a one-in-one scale Ecto-1. And one of the main things that everybody was saying was, like, Hasbro, yes, the Ecto-1 looks cool. I'm going to get it. But you can't fit your Hasbro Plasma Series Ghostbusters inside the vehicle. And that's and that's one of the big controversies right now going on online is the fact that like you cannot fit your Hasbro Plasma series figures in it. Now, the issue with that, and Aaron, me and you have spoken about this, is that in order for you to fit those figures in it, you're gonna have to make a 12 inch Ecto one. It's gonna have to be bigger. Um, and now we know that toy companies, if you make a toy bigger, if you do it to scale and how many of these you produce, you have to sell these, you know? So, um, Mattel did the Maddie collector line and they had a, um, what was it? It was the, uh, this Ecto one that they wanted people to fund. And if they had 300 backers, it was going to be a huge one-to-one scale Ecto and it flopped, you know, it, it, it flopped. They didn't get the backing for it. So, you know, I, I feel like Hasbro's doing a good job with the Ghostbusters line. Now, when it comes to collecting the guys, I'm not one of those guys that's going to have, like, you know, 25 different variations of the four Ghostbusters from, like, Maddie to Diamond to Hasbro. You know, I have some Diamond Select Ghostbusters, the Slime Heroes, and I have my vintage ones. That's all I need. Now, the Hasbro ones, they do look cool. I haven't picked those up, and I haven't picked up the Kenner uh, release line yet. But, um, Aaron, uh, how do you feel about this news where, like, you know, Jason Rodman showing off the new Ecto-1 Afterlife uh, toy? Yeah, I, I heard about that. And, um, you know, I have the Plasma Series figures. Um, my wife and I hunted those down, you know, when they, when they first came out. I thought they were phenomenally well made. I, I felt like... You know, kind of like with the accessories, you know, the same thing with G.I. Joe, you know, like they, they did a really good job with those, um, you know. And I mean, the the freaking detail, you know, the detail that went into some of those figures is is phenomenal. So I think fans expected, you know, getting an Ecto-1 that you could actually put the figures in. Like you said, the problem with that is it's going to be a $200 piece, you know. I mean, because it's going to be huge. And how many of these are you going to produce? Um, you know, a uh, couple weeks back, I was at Target and um, I'm a big Star Wars fan. And I found one of those Millennium Falcons that they released. Now, Steve, I shit you not. This box was probably three feet by four feet tall and probably a foot thick. I mean, this was the biggest toy box i have seen they didn't even have shelf space for it it was just kind of sitting in the middle of an aisle um and, and i was like holy shit and i scanned it just out of curiosity the thing was four hundred dollars or three hundred and fifty dollars for, for but i mean i shit you not this thing would probably be a living room table for most people i mean it was huge and could you could you do everything you've ever wanted with the Millennium Falcon and hide hide actual like figures in the compartments and all this stuff? Absolutely. And it was phenomenal. But if you want a toy that big, you're going to have to pay three to four hundred dollars. Now, how many of those do they produce? I don't know. Maybe one per store. 
uh, who knows? Uh, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more than two per store. And so you figure, you know, okay, maybe they produced a couple thousand, but like at $350, how many people are going to buy that and how many people are going to display it? You know, I, I, I don't know. So I think like fans want that, or they say they want that. And then you're only going to have these kind of diehard collectors going to be able to afford it because the most run of the mill collector aren't, isn't going to walk into target and drop $200 on an Ecto one. I mean, that, yeah. that's, at least that's just my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, no, you're right. I don't see that. Like, I mean, like, you know how fans are and fans want stuff their way, but when they get it, they're not happy with it and and it's true it's like listen you want you want an ecto one that big you want to fit your plasma series you want hasbro to make this okay but are you guys gonna walk into a target or a walmart and are you gonna dish out 300 250 bucks 400 bucks for an ecto one you know and and you know like again like these companies they're producing these they gotta make money back and the tooling and the designers and everybody that takes place to design these things, like people have to get paid, you know, and if these things are just sitting on the shelves at Walmart, let's say like that Millennium Falcon, if nobody buys that and it's just sitting there and it's $400, next thing you know, you go and it's probably like 90 bucks, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's money the the that Hasbro just lost on on. So, you know, I, that's why I do feel like sometimes like, uh, what companies are doing like NECA and Premium DNA and Super 7 where they're like, hey guys, we're going to make Castle Grayskull. You know, if you want to back it up, we need like 300 backers, you know, because at least like you know that, you know, you got 300 people, 300 people putting this money, you can make 300 of these and those 300 people can get it. At least you know that, you know, you're making some sort of money into it and you're not taking a gamble. So that's yeah. the good thing that's going on right now with toy companies, whereas like getting backers because they really want it, you know, it's a good thing. But like, yeah, I'm with you on that, Aaron. I I don't see myself paying 250 bucks for an Act of One. So, I, I well, I think you know Hasbro has has done that, and I think they're 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 continuing to do it with um, what is it, the Haslab? You know, yeah, the, the crowdfunded. I think if they did it that way and said. Okay, the people that really want this, you know, go ahead and pre-order it. And if we get enough backers, I think that's a smart way to do it because then the business is guaranteed to make money or at least break even, you know, and it's a limited run or whatever. It's a one off. They're not going to produce them for stores. They don't have to pay the distribution fees, you know, because you got to remember, you know, you got to you got to pay distribution fees for these you know, these big, big money, um, you know, big box stores, Target, Walmart, whatever to sell them, you know. So, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, getting back to the toys, I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, I saw that they released the the Plasma series. Um, they, they released the Tully. I thought that was I, I think that's great. The only complaint I have with that is that when you bought these six original Plasma series, um, you know, you could build the demon dogs, you know, the devil dogs, whatever you want to call them. Right. That was like their build a figure. And, you know, I thought that was a really cool thing. Well, I guess people have compared this, the, the, the demon dog that comes with Tully 
it's the same demon dog that you get. So, like, I feel like they, Hasbro missed out and, like, they could have done, like, a different head sculpt or a different body sculpt to make the two look different. Like, okay, here's the Build-A-Figure one and here's the one that's being released with Tully. I feel like Hasbro kind of missed the mark on that. They just used the same sculpt, the same head, and the same everything and just packaged it with Tully. Yeah, yeah, I, I I was reading some forums about that. Yeah, Hasbro did miss the mark on that, man. Like, you can't have the same Terra dog, you know, with the same one that people were hunting and you had to collect, like, and build a figure, like, at least make a different head sculpt. So I I totally believe in that, man. But um, yeah, man, definitely. Did you see that they're also doing for the Ghostbusters uh, the Kenner original uh, Ghost Popper? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, this retro stuff is just, it's crazy. I mean, they released the original retro line, you know, you know, Ghostbusters and Slimer and Stay Puffed. And then they kind of released, you know, what was it? The, well, it was the Plasma series. Then they released the, uh, the, the Ghost Trapper and the PKE meter and all this stuff. But now they're going back to the Ghost Popper. And I mean, that to me I have I have my original one, you know, when I was a kid with the with the little pieces of styrofoam. Um, you know, I, I think that those are phenomenal toys and it just kind of it brings back that that nostalgia. I guess it's a different colored blue, so that's the way that they're distinguishing it from the old one. I think the old one was kind of like a, a darker blue and this one's kind of like a a brighter blue, but yeah. Uh, it, it, it it's I think it's cool when they bring stuff back like that, but I don't know that the, the cynic in me is like, you know, come up with something original. Stop, stop re-releasing the old stuff, you know, maybe make a new ghost popper or, you know, I mean, with all the freaking technology that they had today, put a ghost popper with a Nerf gun and make that thing fire like 200 rounds. You know, <laughs> I know the ghost decimator or something. I don't know. Come up with something different. Like you can still use, or reuse old ideas, but, you know, just re, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but, you know, just kind of change it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I still haven't picked up, and I am going to pick it up, is the uh, Egon Spangler Neutrona one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 even though I have a Proton Pack, I'm still going to pick that up just to display it on my mantle. Um, I just, I just think it looks cool. I've been reading a lot of freaking cynics about this too. It's not canon. It's not a canon Neutrona wand because it's like more based off of like the video game where you can like switch the streams because I guess you can press a couple different buttons and instead of, you know, it'll light up green or it'll light up red or it'll light up blue, you know, it'll light up different colors. So everybody's like, oh, it's not it's not official. It's not canon. And it's like, who the hell cares? It looks bad. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, my proton pack, which weighs like 30 pounds, like does the same thing like the guy that uh did all the electronics on it like i can switch it into the video game proton pack so the lights in in the back they go from red to green for the green slime and then to blue for the boson darts and then just like the the spangler neutrona one and it's like guys everybody just calm your tits okay like it's not the end of the world you know just be happy that ghostbuster fans are getting some cool Ghostbusters stuff right now. All right, let's, let's just all be glad that Hasbro is making a commitment to G.I. Joe, Power Rangers, and Ghostbusters, man. 
And the next line that we're going to talk about, because I know you're going to get excited, is X-Men. Now, Aaron, I know you love Rogue. Oh, yeah. Did did you see the retro Rogue they're releasing again? She's thick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I, I... I mean, I'm not going to argue. If there's a new Rogue figure and it's a vintage Rogue figure, I am all about it. Yes, yes. I I saw it, and the first person I thought about was you. I was like, oh, I know Aaron's getting this Rogue. And for those of you that have not listened to the last podcast, listen to our top five uh, female cartoon characters, and you'll know why we're cracking up about Rogue right now. So, um, yeah, man, I think the line looks cool. I am going to get that Rogue. But I'm definitely going to get that Gambit. Yeah. Yeah, the Gambit looks awesome, man. I, I've always loved Gambit. Um, what sucks is that I know he was in one of the X-Men movies, but, like, he was only in it for, like, five to ten seconds. I think it was, like, a little bar scene or something, and, like, it wasn't anything too, like, crazy. But I think Gambit is, like, a cool character for the X-Men and, like, I don't know. For some reason, he's always in the shadows, and, and I don't know why he hasn't been in an X-Men film yet. Gambit was by far my favorite X-Men, you know, when I was younger. I think it was just something that he could charge anything he touched and, you know, maybe maybe because he had a crush on Rogue too. I don't know. Um, you know, the, I just thought that he was just a badass character and and um, you know, with that bow staff. I mean, there was there was rumors a couple years ago and I don't know if there's, you know, if it's still going in with COVID or whatever, but Channing Tatum was supposed to play him in a uh, one-off Gambit film for an X-Men film. Chan and Tanya was going to play Gambit? Yeah, and believe it or not, when you looked at pictures side by side, like the face, the facial structure, and like if you, like a couple people have kind of made like some mashups, he, it, he looked like Gambit. I mean, it was like, but like animated Gambit, not, you know, whatever. It, I mean, it was, it was uncanny and it was like, okay, you know, like there was some, there was a lot of potential there, and I think there still is. But um, I, I every, everybody was like, "Wow!" Like, you know, first you hear that, like, "Oh, Channing Tatum playing Gambit." No, like, you know, I think I think it was a it was a really good possibility, and I think if they ever went forward with it, that 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 would be the Gambit that that would kind of fit the fit the bill. Wow, man! I gotta look up pictures of that. That's pretty interesting, man. Hmm. A Gambit one-off film. I would not mind to watch that, man. I feel like Gambit has been in the in the background because, like, we've had Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm. Uh, did we get Rogue? I'm trying to think in one of the films. I think she was in one of. The, well, which, which which films? Uh the X Men films. Like the the what is it? Brian Singer film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was played by um, Anna Paquin, um, the uh, the girl from True Blood. Oh, that's right. That's right. And another character that we didn't really get to see was Jubilee. I feel like yeah. Jubilee was another awesome character. Yeah, yeah. Jubil- Jubilee was kind of like the one that was always like overlooked. And I, I don't know why. Maybe because it was like, oh, what can you do? I can make fireworks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I mean, Jubilee was kind of like in, in the 90s when that, you know, the when, but man, when that theme theme song hit, I'm just imagining it because I was watching that with my son because it's on Disney Plus. Or, oh, yeah. oh, man. That, 
like you're just like oh man and he was loving it i mean we were watching like the night of the sentinels and all that stuff and he he was loving it i mean it was kind of we watched it for about two weeks three weeks and you know watched a bunch of episodes and um you know it's it's just one of those uh you know 90s animated tv shows that just you know that that's gonna last forever Y'all, you know, you just reminded me it is on Disney Plus. I'm gonna have to go back and watch the X Men series because even though it was made for kids, there was a lot of adult themes on that show. Oh yeah, very adult heavy themes on that show. I feel like that was you know our generation, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you know, like there was a lot of hidden hidden things and you know um, you know hidden themes and very adult kind of. I think we talked about that, you know, when when. Uh, you know, you know, I think it was like one of the first podcasts I was on was, you know, the um, the kind of the backstory of Cobra Commander and like how like, you know, <laughs> his brother died in a car crash because he was, you know, PTSD and all this other stuff. You know, like it, it, there was a lot of these themes in the 80s and 90s that like, you know, we grew up with and that kind of molded us into who we are. But we guess we when you look back and realize that you're like, holy crap, that shit's dark. And it would ne- never, never air on today's television. Yeah, it would never air, man. It's crazy, man. We grew up, we grew up in a in a very different time. But yeah, man, like I'm excited for the for the X Men Hasbro Pulse uh, Target exclusive. So if you guys are X Men fans out there, definitely pick these up and check these out. Now, Aaron, I'm excited about this, and you might laugh, but I'm getting all of them because when Hasbro released this, I lost my tits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, love, I love Star Wars just like everybody else loves Star Wars. But man, when they released the Black Series Christmas Stormtrooper themes, I was like, I'm getting all of them. Did you see that? The the Hasbro is going to release a Black Series uh, Christmas themed Stormtroopers. No, I didn't. I I didn't see those. I'm I'm trying to find them right now. Oh, uh, you gotta go online right now and check out the pictures for these. These are the Hasbro PulseCon Black Series Christmas themed stormtroopers. There's a stormtrooper that looks like Santa Claus. Uh, the colors of Santa Claus. One that looks like a candy cane. Listen, man, I am sold. I saw those and I'm like, yep, those are being bought and pre-ordered as soon as they come out. So. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I see, I see the clone trooper and I see the Sith trooper. Yep, yep. Okay, all right, I I got you. The, those look really cool. I like those, those a lot. Yes, those look really cool, man. And you know, like Christmas time is coming. You know, right now we're in the Halloween season, but like, you know, you can you can use those stormtroopers to decorate your house. You know, you might have a little like Charlie Brown Christmas tree. You know, on top of table why not put some of these little stormtroopers there you know like mix mix some stormtroopers with charlie brown let it be some fun you know oh yeah no i i I love the color scheme i love that they're finally you know i mean i i mean this is pure disney though you know i mean disney's looking for a way to sell sell stuff that maybe they they couldn't sell like I, i know the 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 red stormtroopers were kind of like the peg warmers so maybe they recalled all the red stormtroopers and just painted them a little bit green and now they're they're repurposing 
hey man let's make some money this is just the same molds just like in the 80s guys we're gonna do everything we did in the 80s we're gonna do it again so here's here's a new here's a new paint scheme yeah yeah hey same thing new paint scheme all right get to it let's go chop chop let's make some money man yeah. But uh, no, nah, man, I, I think they look awesome, man. I, I think they look amazing. And like I said, man, like you can take these out every Christmas time. Maybe you want to do a little Christmas theme decoration with the stormtroopers, man. I I think they look awesome, man. I still don't have a Mandalorian figure. Still trying to get that a Mandalorian figure. Uh, love the show. It's I think the new season uh, premieres at the end of October again. Looking forward to it, man. But, yeah, I think the the Star Wars Black Series, I haven't really dabbled too much into them yet. But definitely got to get the Stormtroopers. Definitely got to get myself a Mandalorian, man. So what about you, Aaron? Do you have any of the Black Series? Um, I have a few. Um, I was able to get the Mandalorian when it came out. But that was sheer dumb luck. I don't even know how I <clears throat> stumbled across it. I, uh, I was on the Internet one night. And it was like, oh, a Target exclusive, uh, you know, Mandalorian figure coming out tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And the week prior, I was at the Disney store and they said, oh, yeah, the Black Series were all coming out with like these special edition, first edition white boxes. And I was like, oh, okay. So for whatever reason, I just got off of work that morning and stopped by Target and um, I was able to get the. The, what is it? The carbonized Mandalorian figure. Oh, that's and, awesome. And then I went to like, nobody, nobody even thought about it. Cause it was kind of like that group of guys, you know, that, <clears throat> that, that <laughs> the 35 to 45 year old guys <laughs> freaking action figures. And, um, you know, uh, all of a sudden I said, Hey, you know, not for nothing. You know, one of the guys I was talking to, cause everybody was searching for the white boxes. Cause it was supposed to be the first, first edition of these, you know, the black series figures. Right. And I, said, I said, not for nothing. I said, I heard that the Disney store is going to have these in stock. Like obviously they're produced by Disney, whatever. So I went over there and I was able to get a white box Mandalorian and it was the last one. And one of the guys I was walking with, you know, was like, well, I want a set. And I said, look, I gave you the tip on this place because they had the whole set with the exception of the Mandalorian. They only had one left. And that was the one that I grabbed. And I said, I gave you the tip so you can take all the other ones. But I just want the Mandalorian. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I walked out with the two that I wanted and he walked out with a, a whole set minus the Mandalorian. So that is awesome, man. That, and it's funny, you can tell who toy collectors are. Hey, there's a guy who's like 35 to 45 years old over there wearing a He-Man shirt. Yep, he's probably a toy collector. <laughs> that That is hilarious. But yeah, man, I, I think I think uh, the Black Series stuff is looking pretty well. I, I am going to pick these up. And for those listening, man, if you love Star Wars and you love Christmas, then you know definitely pick up these stormtroopers man i i I think they look awesome and i'm i'm definitely gonna pick those up man but the last thing we're gonna talk about here and aaron you know me and you for those listening we also have our other show called the toy aisle where we go deep into the history of certain toy lines and we've been doing transformers going deep deep into that rabbit hole (laughs) uh did you see the hasbro pulse con beast wars transformers 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I was always a fan of Beast Wars. I think that those figures were some of the best that, you know, Transformers came out with, you know, going into these animal, you know, <laughs> animal figures. Like, you know, you got the the freaking T-Rex Megatron and the Gorilla Optimus Prime, you know, and I've always loved those. And I think that it was smart of them to bring those back. Yeah, yeah, it they, they look pretty cool. Um, uh, I was at the flea market and I, I did find uh, uh, the Optimus Prime, who's a gorilla, and I found the uh, uh, Megatron, who's a T Rex, uh, the vintage ones. But you know, the the T Rex was missing was missing his uh, the uh, Megatron head and the Optimus Prime gorilla, which I know you've seen him a couple times already at Dave's uh, table. Yeah. He was just he just needed a lot, a lot of uh a lot of help. He had to go to the VA and just get his medications to get better. <laughs> but uh yeah, man. Uh so I didn't end up getting those, but you know, I, I think I'm gonna end up getting these, man. Uh you know, just like the Megatron and the Optimus. And I a lot of people don't like the rat, but for some reason I love the fact that there is a transformer out there who's a rat and can transform. So I am gonna pick pick those three up. So yeah. So they they definitely definitely look good, man. So yeah, Hasbro PulseCon, man. I mean, we got from Transformers to GI Joe to Star Wars to Power Rangers to Ghostbusters, man. Hasbro is giving it to all us old men who are in our mid 30s to late 30s, all our all of us 80s kids who grew up with these toy lines, man. This is where we're at right now, and Hasbro is giving it to us all, man. And I'm excited with everything that's happening now in the toy world. There's just so many options from NECA, from the Turtle line, from Super 7 doing Turtles. Uh, Premium DNA got their Barnyard Commandos that you can pre-order. Uh, each figure is $35. Um, Pixel Dan just had uh, one of the creators um, and one of the co-owners of Premium DNA. He was showing some of the sculpts and some of the figures and man those barnyard commandos the new ones that are coming out are so huge next to the old ones and there's uh i think if i'm not mistaken he said 28 points of articulation starting from the hooves and i'm not gonna lie man i'm gonna pick one of these up man i'm not gonna get the whole set the whole set's 145 bucks or 140 but i will pick up one uh and also this month they're gonna start their battle toads and i cannot wait to see what premium DNA has in store for Battletoads. Uh, Aaron, are you going to be picking up any of these Battletoads from premium DNA? Uh, the Battletoads are definitely um, more enticing to me than the Barnyard Commandos. The Barnyard Commandos are cool. Um, I, I don't know. It, I, I think I like the one that, that comes with all the accessories. What is it? Uh, I'm looking at the website now. Corporal High Yonda Hog or whatever. That that. <laughs> Cool, because he's he's got like a turret that's in a in an old tire, and he's got these like you know uh, pieces of garbage and, and looks like maybe some uh, pistons or stuff from a junkyard. That one looks really cool to me. Um, I might pick up that one. Um, the one that just kind of comes with the hay bale, it just kind of looks a little you know basic, and you know the sheep looks a little, a little basic, but um, uh, you know I think like. I don't know. Maybe maybe they haven't released all the accessories that they're going to come with yet. But um, you know, I think I think the accessories are, are, are what's going to make these these figures pop. But the Battletoads, 
that when they said the Battletoads, that, that definitely caught my ear. You know, I'm not one to. I haven't bought a lot of indie figure. Or I don't know what you would call independent toy company figures. Yeah. Um, like DNA. I haven't bought a lot of those. Um, I've kind of stuck with like the main lines, but you know, anything that's like retro video game, like um, I got a crash bandicoot figure a couple weeks back from Dave and um, you know, that, that, you know, to me, it's just, it's that sense of nostalgia. So, you know, when you can, when you can find the, the, those like battle toads figures or, you know, see what they look like, I'm sure they'll have the different colors, you know, the, you know, and stuff like that. And, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what ideas they come up with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm with you on that. Definitely grew up. We grew up with battle toads. Definitely very excited to see how the, how the, how the figures are going to look like. And uh, from what I heard, they're doing a ton of these from the villains to the good guys. They're, they're, they're going deep into the Battletoads line. And speaking of video games, speaking of video games, let's get into this whole controversy with the PS5 button change. Aaron, have you heard what's going on right now with this? Yeah, they're changing the circle button and the X button, I believe. Yes. So, for everybody listening right now, if you're if you are a uh, video gamer, retro game collector, or you're a video game enthusiast, so in Japan when the Sony PlayStation came out, X was for cancel, Circle was to confirm, Triangle was for camera, and Square was for map slash information. So those were the buttons that they were used for in Japan. Now, when the PlayStation came here to us, to the U.S., um, X was confirmed and Circle was canceled, which is the opposite in Japan. So for some reason, and I, 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 I don't understand why they're doing this now, Sony is like, hey, you know what? We're going to change the buttons from Japan the same as the buttons from the USA, and everybody is just losing it right now. Um, here's the thing: Why did you guys wait from 1996 or 95 when the PlayStation came out? Why did you wait so long to now confirm that Sony wants to change the buttons, the same X and Circle that are here in the U.S. They want to change it in Japan. And what I'm hearing from gamers is that, well. You know, now when you buy a Japanese game, it's going to go back. Uh, uh, the buttons are mixed up, whatever. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but when you buy a video game, you have the options to change the settings. Your control settings. You can you can configure the control settings. Um, I know some people in Japan are not happy. But I don't know. People are going crazy. I heard one gamer online say, oh, it's only going to take me five minutes to get used to it. And I'm just like, guys, everybody calm down. We're talking about two buttons, okay? If you don't like it, I'm pretty sure that you can configure it. Go back to the original. Aaron, how do you feel about this? Yeah, so I, I kind of <laughs> – it, 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 it is kind of weird because it's the same controller, right? Like it's the same controller that they've stuck with for, you know, the past – you know, since 1995, you know, the controller for the PlayStation has not changed much other than adding the dual analog, you know, sticks and the second bumper, you know, at, at some point. It hasn't changed very much, um, you know, like, but 
I've read a good article on this, and like when you think of like Nintendo, if you took a picture of Nintendo's controllers since 1985, they've changed drastically. Now, from the NES to the Super Nintendo to the N64 to the GameCube, which people still revere as the best controller like ever made, the GameCube controller, even though it's such an obscure shape. It fits the palm perfect, your palms perfectly in the button layout and everything. And people still use those controllers in like Smash, Smash Brothers tournaments and stuff. Now you look at the Wii and the Switch controller. You're gonna learn the new buttons. Yes, it's gonna suck. Yes, you're gonna get frustrated. Hell, I get frustrated now with some games because in some games, you know, Circle is confirmed and X is, you know, canceled, you know, or whatever. But I think as long as the game companies realize that that is going to be a point of contention, like you said, then just put in button mapping in the game. I mean, in every Call of Duty game right now, you can pretty much map your buttons or change your layouts or there's four or five different preset, um, you know, controller layouts that are already built into the game. And I feel like, you know, once you get used to that, it's just going to be something else. I really wish if Sony was going to change it up and say, okay, we're going to change two buttons. Well then change the whole damn controller and make it something new. And then, and then that way you don't have these arguments, but you, people say that yet the PlayStation five sold out everywhere. You can't find them. The pre-orders are gone. If you want to pre-order, you better go on eBay and you're going to pay double or triple the asking price. I mean, so Oh, I'm going to bitch about a button, but yet I'm still going to go out there and buy the console. You know, like it's, it's stupid. I I think that you're going to get used to it. It's going to be fine. Just move on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on you, man. And people were just losing it on lines. I heard some people saying, Oh, I'm not going to support Sony. Guess I'm crossing over to Microsoft. And I'm like, okay, guys, it's two buttons. Like, and like you said, Aaron, like, it's not like, when you buy Call of Duty and stuff, you can't map out your buttons to how you want to use them. Like, just just relax. You know, it's not the end of the world. But I, but I do agree with you, Aaron, when it's like, why did they wait since 1995 to the year 2020 to do this? You know, that's the only thing what I don't understand is like, Sony, like, why are you waiting now? It's been like, what, 34, 32, something or 20, no, 24, 25 years right now and and you're waiting this long to change the button now i don't know i i don't get it maybe it's something that has to do with their promotion for the ps5 or they're just trying to get like everybody riled up but that's what's going on uh with the playstation 5 right now um anyways so we are in halloween and before we leave today we're gonna do our top five movies that scared us as kids but before we get into the top five uh, movies that scared us as kids. Aaron, I, I just want us to share like Halloween memories of things that either we remember doing during Halloween or like movies that you that or TV shows or movies or just things trick or treating. Like, like what are what are some of your fondest memories of just being a kid in Halloween? I mean, it had to have been the costumes, especially as a kid. I mean. I had one of those Ghostbusters jumpsuits, and I remember walking around with my proton pack with the foam and my PKE meter and, you know, all of the 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 kind of role play toys that, you know, they came out with in the 80s anyways. 
you know, and um, it was very simple to just go to the store and get a jumpsuit. And, you know, there was your Halloween costume or, you know, I think I was a skeleton one year or, you know, the the and I know I had the Ninja Turtle role play toys and I was a Ninja Turtle one year. Um, I mean, I think to me it was just that kind of just 80s nostalgia. I mean, like we had so many good shows in the 80s and, you know, you could pick and choose, you know. You could be He-Man or you could be, you know, G.I. Joe. I think I was a G.I. Joe one year. I mean, um, you know, you could be Mask. You could be whatever. And there was just so many different, you know, avenues. And I think Halloween just kind of had that special place because you already were playing with the toys. You already were playing, you know, uh, role playing, you know, with these with these action figures and these play sets and these you know, uh, you know, life size, you know, proton packs as a kid at the time, you know, and it just added to that kind of like, okay, this, this is me at 365 days a year. Anyways, let me dress up, you know, and, and show everybody what I'm kind of into on Halloween. Um, that, that was at least my memories of it. I mean, I, I just, I, I loved it because I, I had a lot of those like, costumes as a kid if you if you would yeah man it's funny that you mentioned costumes being a kid because one of the most like like everybody that i knew was a ninja turtle you know because again like ninja turtles was big growing up and it's funny because our costumes were cheaply done it was like that mask that plastic mask with the with the string you put it on and then it was like a little like little paper kind of like bib thing that you put uh, over yourself it wasn't anything too elaborate but like i just remember as a kid like man i want to be a ninja turtle for halloween man because ninja turtles was it and i remember my mom bringing me to like kmart and ames and you know caldor and all these old places man and it's like man Mom, I want to be Donatello, you know, just going crazy over it. And, and another memory that I have of being a kid for Halloween was, and Aaron, you, you know, we grew up in an era where every TV show had a Halloween episode back in the 80s and in the 90s. And like yeah. TGIF during Halloween, it's like every show, like from Urkel to um, uh, Boy Meets World to just like all these shows that we remember growing up as kids had all these Halloween specials. And it's like, and that's how it was for every like holiday Thanksgiving and Christmas was like, Oh my God, it's Halloween. What is Urkel going to do to Laura this year? Like, Oh my God. I was like so excited. Like what's going to happen. So yeah, I don't know if you remember some of the shows back then doing the Halloween specials. Oh yeah. What was it? It was step by step. It was family matters. It was, um, you know, uh, like you said, Boy Meets World. Uh, uh, yeah. One of the Halloween ones. Now, this is probably later. This is definitely in the 90s. I was I was definitely a, either a preteen or a teenager. One of the Halloween episodes that stuck with me for for years and still t- still to this day was um, Salute Your Shorts and their Halloween episode. I don't know if you've ever watched that one or not, yes. but Ugg, Ugg dresses up like Zeke the Plumber or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That episode, for whatever reason, that stupid mask and, you know, he talks, he talks like, like, yeah, he's like, and it was just that weird freaking mask and that plumber. And it would just, it creeped me out as a kid. And 
I mean, Are You Afraid of the Dark was always on. And I mean, th- that show was was, um, you know, very interesting, you know, um, and it, that was like a Halloween theme year round. You know, you could but they had a couple Halloween episodes. Um, but, yeah, I think I think, you know, like you said, there was always something to look forward to, whether it was. Disney Halloween or I think when Hocus Pocus first came out, that was kind of like a staple every, you know, Halloween that was on, you know, ABC family or whatever. Um, Adam's family was big for me when I was a kid. I loved Adam's family. I just actually watched it with my son and he loved it the other day. Uh, the, the original one with, um, well, the, the original movie, I should say, not the original show, but with Raul Julia and Christina Ricci and all of them. Um, you know, and, and I think that was kind of like another one of those staples Beetlejuice. I can't tell you how many times I watched Beetlejuice, even the <laughs> anime series. I loved that. I mean, I w- wish that they would bring that back. Yeah. You know, what's funny that you just mentioned one thing that scared me as a kid and you just mentioned it and this will always stick to me as an adult and it's on Disney plus it's the Disney Halloween. And I remember like 1990, 1991 when I first saw this and it will play almost every halloween and it still to this day gives me chills for some reason and it's the uh it was the ichabob crane hellish horseman for disney the yeah. old cartoon i don't know what it is disney their old animation there's some dark tones to it and i remember like one halloween it was like 1990 man and i'm sitting in the living room and i'm watching disney halloween on the old CR. TTV comes up on ABC and it's Mr. Toad because it was like a two-parter. It was Mr. Toad and then it was Ichabob Crane. The Mr. Toad thing was whatever. Then like Ichabob Crane comes up and it's, you know, this, for those that have not seen the Ichabob Crane Hellas Horseman for, and if you have Disney Plus, check it out, man. And, you know, Ichabob Crane was this guy that was living in town and he was a cheerful guy, kind of like clumsy, whatever. So I'm watching this as a kid and I'm like, there is nothing scary about this. Then there's that scene where he's walking with his horse and his horse is like, you know, very scared, too. And they, they get to the bridge and then you see the hellish horseman standing there with no head. And man, that cartoon, even to this day as an adult, is still as my mind is like one of the things that just scared me as a kid. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just like I, I don't know. Till this day, it's it's on there. And another thing, growing up is, um, remember how we grew up in like ninety one, ninety two, and they were saying about like, hey, ABC News, we just found out that people are putting glass and candy when they're trick or treating, and there was that whole like trick or treating, people putting stuff in candy. I don't know if you went through that with your parents. Oh yeah, yeah, we had, we had to dump out the candy each year and. You know, if anything was open or, you know, the weird wrapped lollipops or whatever, you know, we had to do that. And I still do that with my son. You know, I mean, you don't know. There's there's weird people in this world or, you know, somebody I think it was they were putting in apples. I don't know why people were handing out apples in the 80s, but, you know, people get apple and they put a piece of glass in the apple or something, you know, and it was just it was just nuts. But, yeah, I mean, there's weird freaking people. And, you know, I mean, like. The one, the people that I don't understand is the people, oh, well, here's pretzels. You know, give me some damn chocolate. I don't want no freaking pretzels, <laughs> cheese cheese puffs or whatever else. 
you know, go to the store, buy some damn candy, you know, and, and I saw this meme because I don't know if, you know, trick-or-treating is going to happen this year or not because of COVID, but I saw this meme and I posted it on Facebook the other day and it's a guy in like this face shield and he's got a Nerf gun and it's all loaded with freaking candy. And I was like, that's a great idea. Just load, like, I, I thought of it like a slingshot, you know, all right, I'll put a piece of candy in the slingshot. You stay in the street, I'll launch it to you, you know? <laughs> Let, let the kids let the kids trick or treat because you know I mean that's one thing that you look forward to but you could still socially distance you know I think somebody else said you know sit in your front lawn and as the kids walk by just throw candy at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you just you just knock out a kid with like a Snickers bar from across the street. It's like when you're at the, the, the golf course or, you know, the driving range and you're trying to hit the guy driving the cart. You know, you just try to hit the kids as they're walking by. <laughs> that is hilarious. Man, you know what I used to hate when you used to go trick-or-treating and you got those people that give the cheap uh, old elderly candy, which is the candy corn or the little marshmallow orange peanuts. Those were the two candies that I hated the most as a kid, the candy corn, I could not stand candy corn, and I could not stand those damn marshmallow peanuts, man. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, why are people buying this cheap candy? Give me the M&Ms, give me the Snickers, give me a sugar rush. I'm a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, so I love circus peanuts as a kid. I don't know why. I, I haven't really eaten them much as an adult, but as a kid, that was like my go-to. So I would have been happy with the circus peanuts. But, um, yeah, candy corns were never my favorite, but I hate Tootsie Rolls, man. Tootsie oh. Rolls, it, uh, like, Tootsie Roll Pops? No, thank oh, you. Like, I hate Tootsie Rolls, too. Give me a blow pop. That's fine. Give me give me what, give me me gum, whatever. But Tootsie Rolls, ugh. Like, I was like, nope. Like, yeah. if you're going to go for cheap candy, just buy Smarties. You know? Yeah, like, there we go. Like, you know, I think everybody can agree Smarties are kind of one of those, like, you know, staples that will, you know, last the tale of time. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, Tootsie Rolls and like the, the, the pretzel ladies, you know, oh, here, have some pretzels. Uh. I, I will say though, when I went trick or treating a couple of years ago with my son, cause I don't know, I don't remember kids having nut allergies or, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, the, the bread allergy, whatever it is, gluten, gluten, gluten. I will say I got to give kudos to this lady because she went above and beyond. And like it, I thought this was better than a full size snicker. She was giving out Hot Wheels cars. What? Yeah. So she went to the store, bought like 100 Hot Wheels cars. So, you know, they're 99 cents. So she had to have spent a good hundred dollars instead of giving out candy. She gave out Hot Wheels cars because she didn't want, you know, pe- kids with gluten allergies or, you know, peanut allergies or whatever. She wanted everybody to be included. Nice, nice little lady. My son, you know, we walked by the house and she was still, you know, out there. And she's like, I'm going inside. Take a few. My son got like two or three Hot Wheels cars and he was ecstatic. That was what he played with, you know, on Halloween. And I thought that was a great idea. Granted, it's expensive if you're giving out 100 of them. You know, but like, you know, maybe if you're giving out 25, 30, if you don't have a big neighborhood, buy buy a Hot Wheels car. I was shocked. And I was like, I would have been thrilled as a kid if I got a Hot Wheels for Halloween. That is awesome. Kudos to that lady, man. I would have been 
ecstatic if I would have got a Hot Wheels car as a kid. That's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, that I thought is- it was just an interesting take because she didn't, you know, you have these parents that are coming up. Oh, well, my son's gluten free. Do you have anything gluten? You know, the, oh, my son has a peanut allergy or my daughter has a peanut allergy. You know, and she was like, screw that. I just want the kids to have fun. You know, here's a Hot Wheels car. That is awesome, man. That's that's awesome, man. I, I, again, man. That lady, man, you just made a kid's Halloween special by giving him the car. And you never know. That kid might keep that Hot Wheels car till he gets older or he might give it to his son. So that's yeah. definitely something cool, man. And we're before we end the episode, we're going to end with our top five. And I'm excited about this because um, Aaron came up with this idea, concept of doing top fives. So we're going to end with our top five. And it is Halloween. So we are going to say our top five movies that scared us or terrified us as kids. And man, I got my top five ready. And these are top five movies that scared me as a kid. And sometimes till this day, hell, I might get scared here and there. But as an adult right now, they don't scare me as much. Um, But as a kid, I was petrified. Um, Aaron, do you have your list? I do. All right, awesome. So, why don't you read off your top five, actually? Let's, let, let's go with you first. I want to hear what was your top five film that scared you. You just want me to run through the list and why? Yeah, yeah, you can. You, let's run through your whole list. All right, so, number five for me was The Thing. Um, it was an older movie. I it, A lot of these movies, I feel like they came out well, like at least at least the first two, they came out a little earlier than than me, but like they were always like either on TV or and that's the thing. Like, I mean, USA, like when USA was like on TV, like they played some like real horror movies. Like I remember watching a lot of horror movies on USA and I was a young kid, you know, I mean, because that was like one of the the 10 channels that we got or whatever. But alas, you know, um, number five for me was the thing. Um, Kurt Russell, 1982, uh, that movie kind of freaked me out because of the, the kind of the shape shifting aspect of like, this thing could just look like anybody. And then it turns into like this big freaking, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you know, just pops out of somebody's stomach and kills somebody, but it was almost like they didn't know who it was. Um, you know, uh, and they're in like this Arctic expedition and they're trying to like discover, you know, new things. And all of a sudden that, you know, they don't can't trust anybody because, um, you know, this, <laughs> this shape shifting freaking, you know, killing machine is like, I don't know. And so I don't know that, that, that was like one of those movies that was on TV that like I watched and I was like, okay, you know, and as a kid, you're like, so does that mean that, somebody's not really who they say they are. <laughs> you know? oh, I remember that scene too and the practical effects when the guy's head turns into that monster or like the guy's chest, stomach has like a mouth. Yeah, yeah that the thing. Yeah, yeah that and, that movie scared me as a kid. It's funny because, uh, you know, a current, you know, new, like, I don't know if you've seen the game Among Us that everybody's playing online. You know, and it's all about, you know, these it's like you play with a group of friends. Have you seen that game yet? No, no, I haven't. 
Okay, so it's it's a it's kind of swept the nation by storm, and basically you have um, you know a group. I think it's like you could have like six or eight people, and you go around and do tasks, but two people are imposters, and basically these two people are like the thing, like they have this thing that pops out of their stomach and it slashes them and it kills them. And then when people discover a body in the game, you kind of like deliberate and figure out who did it. And so like you have to basically uh, vote somebody out or, you know, it's almost like Survivor. Like, you know, if you have to get enough people to get voted out and then, you know, if you vote out the wrong person, it'll tell you whether you voted out an imposter or you voted out a crew member. And so it's kind of funny because a lot of people are comparing it to this film, the thing like this was the original Among Us game. That's awesome. No, I'm going to have to check that out. That's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, it, it sounds like a lot. It's, I haven't played it myself, but I watch a lot of YouTube videos um, on it, like um, offline TV. They have a lot of uh, content creators and um, they, they do. They play Among Us all the time. And they're really funny to watch because, you know, the imposters have to basically convince that it's not them. It's somebody else and kind of the blame game. And it's a lot of fun. So that was my number five. Number four for me was the original It, uh, Stephen King's It. Ooh, I don't know. That's a good one. Something about Tim Curry as Pennywise, like that just freaks me the hell out, you know? Like just how he, all of a sudden he goes from this like nice looking clown to having these sharp teeth and the situations that they were put in. I mean, this was the 80s. I mean, that terrified the shit out of me. And, you know, you see this clown and, you know, it's just like, I, I always didn't really like clowns as a kid. I mean, like if I go to a carnival, it doesn't bother me, but like, you know, it, it's just something about them. Like there's some creepy ass clowns and like, but Tim Curry, fantastic, fantastic role, you know, brilliantly cast, but man, just that face when all of a sudden that mouth opens and he looks like jaws teeth, you know, it's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm so, not going to lie. That movie petrified me, and for a while, I was scared of clowns. And I remember watching that, the first It on USA, and it was like yeah. a, a two-day two-parter, man. Oh, my God. So I agree with you on that one, Aaron. Yeah, and I think there was a scene like where like his arms like extended or something and like wrapped around the kid. And I'm like, nope, 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 I'm good. Like, maybe I'm confusing two movies, but no, like there's just the, – the, like. No. <laughs> so that, that was my number four. Number three um, was Leprechaun. Ooh. Um, I love Warwick Davis. Yes, <laughs> yes. Miss yes. Willow. I loved him as Wicked the Ewok, even though you don't see him actually playing Wicked the Ewok. Mm. He was inside the suit. Right. Um, Willow was probably one of my all-time favorite movies as a kid. Um, but something about his portrayal in leprechaun that freaking face and those prosthetics and that evil smile and that evil laugh man just freaked me the hell out i remember i was over at a friend's house and i think it was like i don't know i i was probably i was probably 10 or 11 and he was watching leprechaun and i was like what like i was freaked out i was like this this little guy is gonna haunt my fucking dreams <laughs> forever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. They they did a really good job with 
you know, those prosthetics. And I can still like to this day, just picture, you know, Warwick Davis and that, those, you know, that eerie, creepy smile that you see on the cover of the VHS. Like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. You Uh, know what? That movie was good. I just hated the sequels, but I will agree. The first one, it was a classic and scary. Wasn't there like Leprechaun in the hood or something like that? (laughs) Yeah, Leprechaun in the hood. I'm just like, okay, what's next? <laughs> Leprechaun becomes a rapper? Like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, oh, oh, look, there's even a second. There was a sequel to that, Leprechaun Back to the Hood. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Can we – okay, you know what's next, right? Leprechaun in space. Let's say Jason X in space. They have to go to space next. Jesus. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, I just I shouldn't even have Googled it because now I see that freaking picture and I'm like, nope, I'm good. Um, Number two um, was The Shining. I think that was always like encore for me when I was a kid and I would always turn to it. And, you know, that scene where that that girl's in the bathtub and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Well, you know, as a kid, it's like, oh, look, a little bit of nudity. And then all of a sudden she turns into that old hag and, you know. Oh, like, no. And I think just the part where um, Jack Nicholson is chasing them through, like, that ice maze at the end. Yes. And just kind of, like, how freaking terrifying that was. Like, just, it just, like, you're just lost in that maze. And and I don't know, that, that movie still to this day just strikes, like, that chord with me about how somebody can go so insane so you know over a course of time and somebody that you love and care for just goes freaking nuts because of the environment you know oh that's a creepy yes i i I will agree that's a good that's a good number two aaron so and then my last one then this still to this i hate this movie if this movie comes on tv i turn it off i don't like it I, i i it's it's just something about it even if i see a good guy doll or, or what was it? Uh, uh, my buddy, my buddy doll. No. Nope. Yes. Play. I think it was Child's Play two because that Ooh. was probably the one that um, that I was on TV at the time. I remember my dad was watching it. I was like six or seven, maybe even maybe even five. And that movie came on, and freaking Chucky came to life, and and those freaking you know the way that they made those special facial expressions on that doll. And just that evil, you know, walking around with a freaking butcher knife, man, something about that to this day. If I see a Chucky doll, if it's like the newer one, like it's okay. Like the one where he's all stitched up and whatever, you know, like the the Bride of Chucky or Chucky Returns. Right. What, like the newer ones, like I, I find those hilarious. Yeah, like, same here. You know, I, I actually enjoy watching those. But the original, like Child's Play oh. 1, 2, 3, no. No, like those to this day, like if you bought a good guy doll or a freaking Steve, I would throw that thing in the dumpster. (laughs) No, you throw it in a dumpster, then it appears on your porch the next day. Oh, man. No, 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 no. Like I would I would I would move like I I would. There's no way like it's just something about those like even like Cabbage Patch dolls. I just they remind me too much of that, you know. Like, it's just, it's something that to this day, like, that's like my, my number one, I I can't, scares the hell out of me. Well, you know what's funny? Your number one is on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Your number one is on my list. 
So and it almost became my number one. So yeah. uh and for all the re- same reasons you just said, but man, Aaron, that was a good top five scary movies that scared you as a kid. And I am definitely gonna going to agree one hundred percent about Chucky because Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like that that shit scared me as a kid, man. So um so okay, so let me go through my top five real quick here. So for my top five, Hellraiser. Um, there was something about the Hellraiser film when you saw Pinhead, and I remember watching. I think it was Hellraiser one. It was the because uh, for those that never seen Hellraiser, uh, the the premise and the plot real quick is this guy who was dead, who was a brother of somebody that was living in that house before. He was buried in there. His body was there. Um, some blood starts dripping and his corpse starts coming alive but uh i guess he opened up pandora's box and anyways there was a scene where all these hooks just start hooking on him and tearing his skin apart man and that petrified me as a kid man and it's funny because in that scene it almost looked like a dark hallway and after that movie i had a hard time walking dark dark hallways man yeah. I did not want to walk around a dark hallway, man. Hellraiser scared me to death, man. That is why Pinhead, Hellraiser, you are number five on my list. Now, number four is Friday the 13th. Now, the reason why this movie scared me as a kid was it wasn't so much Jason Voorhees, but it was the fact that it all took place at a campsite. And why was that the scariest part of me? Because one summer at eight years old, my mom decides to send me and my older brother to this camp called Camp Agassi, which I think was in New Hampshire back back in 1990, 1991. And all I can remember was, hey, man, I got to use the bathroom. Oh, yeah, just go outside by the by the stall out there. And it was in the woods. And all I can think of was. Oh my fucking god! Somebody's gonna smash my head open right now. <laughs> yeah, man, that is why Friday the Thirteenth petrified me as a kid. Cause a freaking camp Agassi, my mom sending me and my older brother there, and thinking Jason was gonna come out and just stick a fucking hot pike up my ass. <laughs> so. Well, unless you were having sex in the middle of the woods, Jason wasn't gonna bother you because he only attacked. You know, teenagers having sex. Oh, well, thank God I was just a kid back then. So I guess I was <laughs> saved with that. I guess I was. I, Camp Silver Lake. <laughs> so that was my number four. For my number three was Return of the Living Dead. Okay. I saw this movie on USA. And when I saw the dead rising from the grave from the gravestones and it's funny when i was a kid and the michael jackson thriller video will come on i was like seven or eight years old i would run out the room crying like a little girl somebody better put on two pampers on me because it was that intense when i saw that movie return of the living dead every time my mom would drive by a cemetery in my head i was just like oh my god what if these zombies wake up and eat our brains? 
I couldn't as a kid be next to a cemetery. And it's funny because my mom had a friend that lived across the street from a cemetery. And every time we went to visit, I was just like, can we please leave? Can we please leave? Can we please leave? Especially if it was thundering because in my head, I'm like, we're about to get eaten, man. We got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Return of the Living Dead was my number three. For my number two, Aaron, you just mentioned it. Shout play. This was going to be my number one, but it became my number two. Child's Play terrified me. And Aaron, can you believe that my mom brought me to the movie theaters with her cousin to watch this film? The original Child's Play. I went to the theaters in 1988 with my mom and my cousin, 88-89, to watch this movie. I had to be at least seven years old. Why would you bring a seven-year-old to watch a freaking toy coming alive killing people and i remember after watching that movie i could not sleep i was crying i had to run into my mom's bed then it got worse because that summer of 89 90 i went to go to one of my my mom's friend's house and we stayed over in the night and i was playing nintendo and i remember the game it was tnc surf and my mom says hey you're gonna sleep in this room because his sister's not here. So this is where you're sleeping tonight. Guess what she had in the room? A My Buddy doll. Yeah, the good guy doll. There was no way in hell I was sleeping in that room. Not with that My Buddy doll staring at me. So Chucky to this day, the original vintage Chucky. Child's Play 1 and Child's Play 2. Anything with a doll coming alive petrifies me. So that is my number two. And for my number one, Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, let me tell you why this is my number one. Because Freddy Krueger, everybody has to go to sleep at night. Everybody (laughs) has to go to sleep at night. And the thing about Freddy is that once you go to sleep and you enter his world, that's it, man. He can turn into whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants to you. And I remember being nine years old on USA again, watching Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, and 3. It was like an anthology. And I could not fall asleep because all I kept thinking about was Freddy was going to come at me in my dreams to the point where me and my older brother shared uh, a bedroom together. I had to fall asleep with him in the same bed. And he was like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just scared, man. I'm just scared, man. Like, I had to sleep with my older brother in the same bed because I could not get any sleep. And I'm sorry, Chucky is scary. He's a doll. But there's just something about that. You got to get sleep. You have to go to sleep sooner or later. And you don't want to fall asleep because you don't want that. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Oh, my God. So, yes. Freddy Krueger, you are my number one nightmare on M Street for my top five scary movies that scared us as kids. Man, Aaron, this was a great episode. We went through the Hasbro PulseCon. Uh, we talked about the PS5 button uh, exchange. We talked about our Halloween memories and our top five scary movies, man. And uh, I don't know, man. So what are you going to do for Halloween before we uh, uh, sign off here? I don't know. I mean, the so... It's weird. Up in New Hampshire, where, where I'm at right now, you know, the numbers, you know, with COVID are starting to creep up a little bit. You know, I know Nashua, you know, they're, they're starting to, you know, creep up, um, you know, Merrimack, 
you know, uh, the Manchester area. So I don't know. I mean, with schools returning and them going back to school, the numbers are going up. But I got to think, you know, everybody normally wears a mask anyways, you know, on Halloween. You know, that, that you know, you're, you're not really interacting with people. You know, the only thing that I could think people would be afraid of is like if somebody's infected in their house and they're handing out candy that, you know, the candy's going to get infected. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like you could leave a bowl outside and if everybody does the proper thing, which 99 percent of people will do the proper thing and then one percent of people won't. You know, if you if you if you if you left the bowl outside of your, you know, um, door and say, please take a piece of candy. So at least the kids can trick or treat, you know, and walk around with their friends or whatever. I feel like that would be the nice thing. But, you know, you're going to get those teenagers that are walking around and they're going to grab the whole damn bowl and dump it into their pillowcase. And then they're going to, you know, do that at every house. So I don't know. I feel like I want to be safe, but I also don't want to lose spirit of, you know, the, the, you know, the, the fun of Halloween and the joy that Halloween brings us. Because I think like we talked in previous episodes, you, you're trying to cling on to something, any, anything that brings you happiness right now, you want to cling on to that. So I feel like I really want, I really want to go trick or treating and I really want to do something, but even if it's just, you know, my family at the house and I go to the store and get a bunch of candy and we watch a, you know, a, a, a kid's, you know, movie special like Scooby-Doo Halloween or something like that. I feel like we'll still make the best of it. But if we don't go trick-or-treating, you know, because of COVID, I feel like, you know, it's going to miss out. It's going to suck, but it's going to be for the best and, you know, just protect protect you and yourself and your loved ones and i think if we miss halloween one year it's not going to be the end of the world but it's you you have to try to make make it the best halloween that you can make it with your family yeah i i totally agree man as for me i think i'm going to continue watching horror movies and uh you know just enjoying the season and you know, hopefully, you know, things get back to normal and, you know, next year we can have a normal Halloween and everybody can have fun and, you know, all the theme parks will be open and, you know, towns will be having their regular regular Halloween. So I want to thank everybody out there for listening to another episode of our spooky Halloween episode of the Serial Box Prize Podcast. You can find us on Anchor.fm and once you go on Anchor.fm, you can catch us on all the other links that will that will lead you to all the links uh, where our podcast is being uh, uploaded to. Catch us on YouTube at Serial Box Prize Podcast. Also follow us on Facebook at Serial Box Prize Podcast. And we just started an Instagram page in that Serial Box Prize Podcast. And I just want to thank my co-host Eric Nelson for uh, providing us with another great show. Eric, thank you. It's always a pleasure, man, and I can't wait to do our next one. And hopefully, you know, everybody continues to stay safe and, you know, uh, happy, healthy family. And, you know, and enjoy your Halloween. And, you know, hey, you know, a lot of people skip over Halloween and we're already going to celebrate Christmas like you with your storm troopers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And with that, we are starting off on another episode of the 
Studio Podcast.